because I think it's important to say, you know what, you're not alone if you don't get it perfect mm-hmm. because none of us do. And even people like y- you compared to me, you're very much more calm, very much more like zen, very much less uh, control freak. Let's just say it how it is. <laughs> so it's like you guys, even people who like Amy, who that's your natural personality, like you can still have the freak out moment. Like it is okay. You can still have that freak out moment. Do not think that you're the only one in the world. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. In honor of Abby's third baby arriving in the world, we wanted to do an episode about motherhood. Motherhood is such an enormous part of our identities, but it's also a role that you have to grow into. You learn along the way. You might slash you will change your mind about things. And today we wanted to open this conversation up and meet you where you are and hopefully get you one step further down the road. And at the time of this recording, I am almost 37 weeks pregnant. It's our third baby. So although we've obviously been down the road of having a newborn before, we're going to be doing it all over again. And this time it's going to be different because we'll have a special needs babe. So I know there's going to be just some things that we're learning, some things that will be different. But we do know that the whole newborn is a the whole newborn process is about to enter our lives again. And it's safe to say, I'm so grateful. Like there's been so many lessons that I've learned. And as I head into this season, Amy and I were talking about how it's it's just going to be hard. Like we know it's going to be hard. It's going to be demanding emotionally, physically. And now that we have two other kids, it's might be the hardest one yet. <laughs> it might be the hardest one yet. So as we go into this, we're going to go through our five confessions that we've learned about motherhood. You might resonate with all of these. These might be new to you. Maybe you are rubbing your belly right now and are about to expect your first babe. Maybe some of you can pass this on to a friend. But (laughs) Amy, what about you? As far as confessions go, what have you learned in this beautiful process? Okay, so my first one is that you're going to get it wrong. And then your job is to just grow from there. So one huge example that came to mind when we were thinking about this episode is discipline. Maxwell was our first babe. And truthfully, we just didn't even like think about the subject of discipline. We kind of went off of what was modeled to us. Like we had the best intentions in mind, but we didn't have the best methods. We muddled our way through it. You know, at the beginning, to be so honest, we thought we should give timeouts. Like Mm -hmm, when he was mm -hmm. um, having his tantrums or being really crazy. And then I started to dive in and look at, to try to find resources. I'm like, obviously there's people that know a lot more about this. Um, 
Well, because at that point, it was the first grandbaby on either side. A lot of your friends, were your friends having babies? I don't think you had a lot of friends who had babies either, right? Well, some. And I don't think, like for me, I like to kind of find my own path. Mm -hmm. Like for me, your parenting has to match your values. And it seemed like... I didn't know if the people around me were doing it wrong or right. Like I wanted to know what the quote unquote answer is. So I had to find someone that I had aligned with. I became very interested in the subject. At the time, I'm, I, I don't know what I found, but I know it was resources similar to Raising Good Humans. That podcast really aligns with my values as a parent. So to say I have completely changed my view <laughs> on discipline, like period, end of story. Um, that is what happens in parenthood. Like you think you know something and then you go through these experiences and then sometimes you have to s- stop yourself and say, okay, is this really what I believe and what I think is working or do I need to find a resource and learn more about this subject? Like that in parenting is one thing that I have learned and I've been open to like, Oh, I got that wrong. I got discipline wrong with our first child. And now I feel like I have immersed myself and found a discipline strategy that really works for me. I'm still learning because they keep getting older. (laughs) I have to like figure it out as I go. Um, But that feels really good. So my when I talk to moms about subjects like this, I think that women can tend to feel really guilty or bad if they hadn't known better. Um, but I just think you grow from whatever you knew, and that's okay. If you totally change your view on discipline, good for you. And you're not supposed to know all the answers right away, because even if you do all the research... You're going to have that baby, and then that baby is going to turn into a toddler, and that toddler is going to turn into, like, we're going to constantly be learning something new. Like, Maxwell, what you did with Maxwell is going to be very different than what you do with Cole, not only because you have the information now, but things in the world also change. Like, people and experts are also learning new things, and we can fill our mind with that. It also kind of goes into my second point, which is your plans will change. I was so annoying with Lucy. Like, I read every single parenting book. Like, try me, guys. Just try me. (laughs) Uh, Pinterest was really big back then. So I had, like, hundreds of things pinned for the newborn stage and how to breastfeed and how to have your baby potty trained by a year old, whatever it was. Like, I was so annoying with trying to be, like, the perfect parent. And trying to have the perfect plan and know that everything was going to go exactly as it was planned. And it was a really good learning lesson in labor. So anybody out there who maybe had a labor that they thought was going to go one way and then it went a completely other way, like that's where I'm like thinking about the first start of parenthood with this piece of it. Like I was so ready for a natural delivery. I'd done all the research for natural delivery. At hour 50, I was begging for that epidural, and it was the most beautiful (laughs) choice that we could have made. But it was different. And like I had a lot of recovery from it, just like mentally being like, oh, I wish it would have gone differently. I wish things could have gone differently. And looking back, like she came into the world, and it was beautiful. And that's how she was supposed to come into the world. Was it different with Micah? 
yeah, it was different with Micah. And now that this baby is breech, it could be different with this baby as well. We'll see. Maybe by the time that this episode goes into the world, we're all going to be finding out. It's really interesting because I see some of my friends becoming first-time parents and they have all of these ideas and expectations and resources and all this stuff. And I think a really important part of being a woman and a fellow mom is to not say, but Abby, like this could happen, this could happen, this Mm, could happen. Like mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. not, like I don't want to bring negativity just in my head. I'm like, ooh, she's like setting herself up for like I would just be open that it also might not go that way exactly 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 and that's hard for many women I think it's really hard for me about was it that with one of the methods that you were doing to prepare it's like also visualize this scenario and be okay if it's this and it also might be this yep and that's the the hypnobirthing that I do right now so even though we're planning would love to plan for a natural delivery or at least a vaginal delivery. It's also like the change of plan script of, you know what, this baby might come into the world through an incision in my stomach with a C-section that is completely planned or something that is maybe more emergency. And that has to be okay too. Like any way that this baby comes into the world is going to be beautiful and being at peace with that. Wait, what is it called? Hypnobirthing. The, but what is that method called? Oh, it's just like the change of plan script. Change of plan script should be your script for parenthood. That's what every my, piece of it. That was my, <laughs> that's my first point. Like change of plan script is going to follow you in parenthood. Oh, and if we can actually think about changing plans continuously, this entire pregnancy has been a change of plan. Like as somebody who is so planned out and can usually live life pretty planned out, this pregnancy, nothing about it is the same as it used to be between COVID, between Colin not coming to appointments, between not having doctor appointments to all of a sudden having four appointments this week, to all of a sudden finding out we have a special needs diagnosis, to finding out that the baby is head up. Like every single piece of it, I just literally like threw my hands in the air. It was like, I, I don't have control. Like I don't have control over this. You can do all the research that you want to do and still not have control. And that's just part of becoming a mom and part of becoming a parent. And for those who are pregnant right now, um, knowing that like being pregnant in a pandemic is not something that any of us like planned on, like it's going to look really different. If it's your first time, if it's your seventh time, feeling robbed of that experience, feeling robbed of not having the same type of pregnancy or appointments that maybe your sister had or your best friend had, like those are all valid feelings. And everyone's story is going to look a little bit different. And that's, it's hard, but we have to be okay with it. Like feel those feelings, be okay with it. Um, Because one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that plans will change. And I know I've covered this subject before, but I had to bring it in again for my third confession. And that is um, my ability, a mother's ability to accept or seek help from others is absolutely paramount to her ability to flourish in the role. This was a lesson that I had to learn. It was completely an area of growth for me. And I think a lot of women um, can admit that they felt the same way. As a first time mom, I was in this trap of feeling like I knew best, like I knew what Max needed. He needed me. Um, and no one could do it like I could, or they had like old parenting styles. Like I just, 
I had a really hard time letting go of control. Um, I didn't even really like when people held him for too long. Mm-hmm, like I was mm-hmm, very um, protective of him. Very, I liked to be very close to him. I don't think those are bad things, but I think that I needed to grow into accepting that other people were going to love him and other people could care for him too. Looking back, I was also so easily irritated with the people that were giving me parenting advice. Um, And I think that my ears were just more attuned to it. So, you know, whether my dad was like, I think he's cold, or my mother-in-law was like, I think he's hungry, whatever it was, I would be like, oh my gosh. I was just so irritated. And now I can look back and see that. And I could... If people, if they said that now with Cole, it really, I wouldn't skip a beat. I would just be like, it's fine. But back then it was just, I don't know, you guys, I just took it in and I was irritated. So what, what thoughts went through your mind? Like when, like, I know that for me personally, when someone was like, oh, your baby must be hungry. Immediately I was like, oh, am I not doing a good job feeding my baby? Or, oh, your baby must be cold. Don't you think I know how to dress my child? Like those were the the immediate defensive thoughts that came to my well, mind. I would, I literally would say them. I would, I was like, Dad, like he's my child. He's literally on me. I can mm. feel that he's fine. Thank you, though. <laughs> like my mother in law, I'd be like, I actually just fed him, but the there was just like kind of this animosity when I was around other people. So I didn't enjoy the experiences very much because I felt defensive and like critiqued so it was almost like I wanted to prove that I could do this yeah I they -hmm. were trying to be helpful honestly and I was just very defensive I can own that now before I really felt like they were the problem (laughs) like you guys stop um when we were talking to Dr. Lisa which her episode will come out in just a couple weeks we did talk about the grandparent relationship And what she said is that we have to, we shouldn't correct every little thing. Um, Back in the beginning of my parenthood, when my mother-in-law would do something that I didn't agree with, it was like I had to like correct it. Like I just, everything was like a little mini battle. And now I have my big boulders. I have things that I really like my kids to go to bed on time. That's one of my big ones. Um, I really don't like when people tell my kids not to cry if they get hurt Mm -hmm. or something like that. That's a big one for me. So I just have those as like my main parenting values and I will stand for those. If, If someone gives my child a popsicle much later in the day than I would, do I have to, do I have to call it out? No you know, not anymore. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to let that one roll off my back. I'm not going to correct that one because I have my main parenting values that I really want the people close to us to meet. And all of the other stuff is kind of just fluff. If you give my kid an ice cream Sunday and it's 1030 PM though, (laughs) I'm not going to be happy with that one. (laughs) Should we take a break real quick to go into our sponsor for today? This podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're really excited for this partnership because mental health is such an important subject to bring to light, especially in the context of motherhood, where I think a lot of us can struggle with it. 
I can happily report that I just started seeing a therapist through BetterHelp, and it has been a huge help in my journey. Filling out the questionnaire and getting matched with a counselor was an efficient process, and I'm so thankful for the woman that I am working with. Talking to someone neutral and outside of my life has been such a blessing. She's trained to give me advice and guidance, and it really feels invaluable. So you can join the over 1 million people, including myself, that are using BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com backslash herself. That's betterhelp.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. And let's go into my next confession, number four. So you're following along here. Number four is your identity is going to be different. It's going to be different, but it's going to open the doors to so many more opportunities that you didn't know could be at play. This one was really hard for me with Lucy. Like I thought I was going to still be a career-driven woman, that those titles wouldn't change. I could still hit all the sales goals, the stats. I could still wake up at 5 a.m. and go for a 12-mile run. I would still be able to every fill in the blank for what it might mean to you. And then I had her. And my priorities changed. And because my priorities changed, my identity changed a ton. So first of all, you just have less time for other things. Like that's just going to be plain and simple. When you have a newborn at home and a toddler at home, multiple kids at this point, you're going to have less time, which also means less freedom. So when your friends are going out in an hour to grab drinks or to grab tacos or whatever your friends are doing, you can't always just get up and go. Like it's going to be more difficult. But because of that, like my friend titles kind of changed a little bit. Like I wasn't able to be that friend that many of my coworkers who don't have kids, who never want kids, were able to be. The work-life balance, I wanted to stay home a lot more. So where I was traveling a lot more and was hitting all those sales goals, that part of my life changed a ton. I mean, little things too, like we're closed if you're nursing. <laughs> like I'm thinking right now, I'm like, can I wear this dress? I can wear this dress when if we're nursing or pumping in the next few weeks here. But like those little things, like those are big changes that some women might not be accustomed to. Like if you have like that look that you always spend 20 minutes doing your makeup and your hair every morning, it might not be as big of a priority or it just might not be as possible. Can I reflect something back to you? Yeah. When I hear you. The thing is, is that I think that for you, this one is challenging because you were used to like a very specific, almost like perfection oh, yeah. um, lifestyle. And so I don't think that your values, I understand the point, but like your value of working out still stayed. It was just that it couldn't be the perfect Abby Green, like hour and a half run. It had to be like, okay, I'm going to run for 45 minutes, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I like that uh, a lot of the things that you did after Lucy, like you still did them really, really well. It was just letting go of like, I can't do this perfectly or I can't dedicate as much time because I think that you actually you have done a lot better than I have with like your friendships and stuff so mm -hmm. it was just although that although the time got shorter you still did those things 
I like that you said it that way because I talk with my with my own counselor and with yeah, my yeah. own friends about my B plus lifestyle. Like right now, I feel like I'm living B plus with almost everything, and it's like Abby, your B plus is still good. You're like <laughs> it's better than my A. <laughs> like, no, not not with yes, every single time. Uh, but like the the B plus life in my mind, I'm like I could always I could be doing so much better. You know what? Your B plus to you feels like a C. Oh, it and feels like all I'm of us are like Abby. You're like. You're amazing. You're doing all these things. You're winning triathlons. What are you talking about? Ugh. You don't value. You know what I mean? So it's also just so much harder too. Like to be to try to to try to go for that 45 minute long run. It's just gonna be harder. So I think in my right. mind I'm like, oh, I, I'm failing compared to my own life, my old life, when in reality it just looks different. Like it's not failing at all. It just looks different than what it used to. But the transition is supposed to be this way because the titles and the things that I do now and the love that I have for these kids, like I wouldn't have been able to have that if I was still going for a two-hour run and doing the things and and spending the time that I did before, I wouldn't be able to have those. Yeah, I think a a part of our podcast a message that we feel passionate about is that sometimes you do lose your footing, whether that's from parenthood, job change, whatever it is. This is a reminder that you can start finding it again and start walking back towards the person that you want to be. And and maybe it does look different, but you can still be her. Or take pieces of that person and mold into a new identity completely. Like there's parts of your old life that you might be like, I don't ever want to do that again. Like I don't ever want to be the person who stays up until 2 a.m. Thursday, Friday, Saturday drinking. Like I don't want to be that person again. But do I want to be a person who can still be active and physically fit and win those triathlons? Yes. So those two things won't go hand in hand together, obviously, but pick and choose the pieces of your old life that you want to continue and continue bringing them into your new title as a mom. Do you remember the song by Usher about confessions? Oh my gosh. Can you please sing it for us, Amy? Confessions. Wait, keep going. Keep going. I don't get it yet. Come on, keep going. I I don't know the next lyric. Um, That keeps coming to my head, just to be honest. Okay, so my confession number five is that I did think it was easier. I had more patience when I just had one child. And I say just had so lightly. One child is an enormous amount of work. I'm not discounting anyone's experience. But even though I was talking about before how we gave Max times timeouts, like I've always been pretty good at and back then I was like really good at not raising my voice. Like that was just something that was important to me from the start. I got yelled at (laughs) when I was little. And so I think that for me, it just, that was one thing where I'm like, I just know that that was, I didn't like that, you know, I'm going to try something new. Well, now I have these three crazy little boys and sometimes I just feel like I have to give them a warning shout. (laughs) Like they are out of control. And I do sometimes raise my voice if they're doing something dangerous, or honestly, sometimes I just lose it a little bit. That's just period. I feel like women need to hear these realities that none of us are getting this perfect. Um, For me, I don't even hold myself to a perfect standard. I just don't think that that's possible. But if I am out of line and I do raise my voice, 
which just happened. Trey was, um, I told him to be really careful with this smoothie that I had gotten him. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I will. And he's four. He's four years old, guys. No, two and a half. Oh, Trey, Trey. Trey yeah, Trey's two and a half. So really little. Um, I'm like, okay, be really careful with this because this could spill. And he was like, yeah. And then he was goofing around, which was the trigger because I had just warned him to be careful. He was goofing around and it spilt literally all over the basement floor, which is our, the nicer part of our house that we tried to keep. Like I shouldn't have let him have a smoothie down there. That was my fault. Um, but I yelled. And then afterwards, I apologized because it was an accident, which usually accidents aren't triggers for me, but I had just warned him to please not be like goofing around. Um, and after I cleaned up, after he had tears, after the event was over, I just said to him, I shouldn't have raised my voice and I am sorry. Period. Um, so I just want to say I am hand in hand with everyone out there that has a very overwhelming crew at home. I think giving ourselves just a little bit of gentleness during these very demanding seasons is important. I don't think that we see these um, off parenting moments on in places like Instagram or on podcasts. So that's why I wanted to bring that this confession to like because I think it's important to say, you know what, you're not alone if you don't get it perfect, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. none of us do. And even people like y- you compared to me, you're very much more calm, very much more like zen, very much less uh, control freak. Let's just say it how it is. <laughs> so it's like you guys, even people who like Amy, who that's your natural personality, like you can still have the freak out moment. Like it is okay. You can still have that freak out moment. Do not think that you're the only one in the world that is yelling at your child. But also know that by saying, hey, back to our apology episode just a couple weeks ago, I shouldn't have raised my voice. I'm sorry. And what I learned from listening to the Brene Brown episode on on apologies is to even with our kids to use those good apologies. Mm -hmm. I just said, Trey, I am sorry for raising my voice, period. I didn't say I had just warned you to not goof around and spill your smoothie (laughs) because then that takes away the apology. Like he needs to know, you know what? I'm sorry that I raised my voice at you. And we're going to get it wrong. So learning to apologize is always part of it. The last thing that I wanted to leave you guys with today is it's really easy to become destination addicted. You can't wait for them to sleep through the night. You can't wait for them to be potty trained. You can't wait for them to be able to sit during an entire meal. (laughs) Like there's always something that's challenging coming up. And I, for one, do not want to miss the messiness of the little kids years waiting for them to grow up or wishing time away like I think that it's really important to sit into some of this and be like this is also a beautiful time ah I like exactly how you said that now I'm like starting to tear up and we just start like why why is this happening right now when you say this Amy I think about the last few weeks of pregnancy and how this is most likely our last pregnancy and how so many women 
Um, and I even have like bouts of this of like, oh, I want this baby to be here in my arms right now. Like I can't wait for this baby to be on the outside and for all these doctor appointments to end and for all of the contractions or the discomfort or the being pregnant in the middle of summer to end. And then you think like this is the last time that this baby's ever going to be this close to my heart ever. This is the last time that maybe any baby will be this close to my heart. This is the last time I may be pregnant. And those are all the thoughts that go through my mind when you say that just for this exact season of my life. And then when you do think about those newborn stages of, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this latch to be done. Or I can't wait for the next nap. Or I can't wait. Oh, like that destination. How'd you call it? Destination destination addicted. Yeah. I suffer from that so badly. <laughs> and it's, for me, I always think it's like, it's okay to have those thoughts. Those are only natural thoughts. But can you also sink into like, okay, this little baby is on my chest and it's so precious. And like, yes, I have to pee. And yes, <laughs> I wish that I could grab something to eat. But like, can I just like sit here and like really, really soak this time in? Because I can tell you firsthand, like, that part is so short, you know, that they're babies, really, that my last baby year went so fast, I can't even describe it. Because now you have three babies. Toddlers, and they're all, (laughs) by the way, can we not call one-year-olds toddlers? I feel like that is such an old name for a tiny one-year-old. It's like, he can walk, though. Like, he can do anything he wants now. Like, I just, I don't know what the exact definition is. No, it is toddler. There needs to be a name between, like, one years old and 18-month-old, though, because toddler is just too old of a term. Like, I'm not, my mama heart isn't ready to have (laughs) this baby be a toddler. And just every kind of destination with all of these pieces. And maybe there's listeners right now who have middle schoolers who they can't wait for them to be out of this tricky adolescent stage. Or maybe you have a high schooler that you just can't wait for them to to finally get it right. I don't know. Like wherever you are with this, we have a lot of listeners, though, who do have babies, who do have tiny littles and getting to nap time, getting to the end of dinner, getting to bedtime like through bedtime like that's the one right now that we're struggling with I'm like I just want a break like I can't wait for the kids to go to sleep and then as soon as they do I feel like Colin and I like pull out our phones and start looking through the cute photos that we took that day or the funny thing that Lucy said or all the progress that Micah has made with his speech and with potty training which that's besides the point I'm like why are you potty training yourself kid (laughs) we have a baby coming you're gonna regress everything is a season (laughs) it's a season And sometimes they're really, really, really short. And sometimes you know when the season's going to end. Like we know, well, today's the 24th that you're listening to this. Like we know on today I am meeting my baby or before. Yeah, yeah. Like it's any time now, Ames, in the next two weeks here. But sometimes the season you don't know. Like sometimes you don't know the last time they're going to need you to wake up. Yeah, in the middle of the night to breastfeed. Sometimes you don't know the last time they're going to snuggle into your arms or the last time you're going to pick them up because they're scared of the dark. Like you don't know the last time in so many of these situations. It's a good reflection for any part of life. But as we end these last couple of weeks, definitely something I'm going to be thinking about. Um, Okay, so before I get too emotional here, let's go back through these mom confessions. So what we went through today, number one, you're going to get it wrong. Grow from there. Number two, your plans are going to change and come to grips with it. Number three, you need to be able to seek help. 
and be able to seek help and accept help. Number four, your identity might change, and that's going to open new doors. And then number five, your patience might not be might not what be it easy. Was, was. <laughs> so now we want to hear from you. What are the confessions that you may have? Are they the same as the ones that Amy and I brought up today? Are they totally different? We have an Instagram post up and ready for you to write in what you've learned in this beautiful but messy season of motherhood. <laughs>